Hey, 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 what it do, my curious peeps? Yo, you are back, you are here, I am happy. Thank you so much for coming back for episode two of season two of My Curious Life podcast. So happy to have you here to join in on this conversation. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining and coming in. So this is a podcast where I have conversations with different people in my life regarding their thoughts on different topics that are relevant to my life, and you may find them relevant to yours. And if not, hopefully you still enjoy the conversation. (laughs) For those who heard the episode um, last week with my mom, thank you so much for all of the feedback. It has been amazing hearing what you guys have said. She is a comedian and she's very honest and she plays me and you know, that's just what it is. But that was such a fun episode to record. So I'm happy you enjoyed it. Thank you. And she's really, really happy too. (laughs) So for this episode, um, I wanted to move into the topic of how we choose uh, what we want to do for a living. Um, There's a quote that said, that says, I should say, um, life is a series of choices and all we can do is make them. And it can be pretty overwhelming when we are thinking about how we want to uh, choose a career or a pathway in our jobs and things like that. So I wanted to invite someone who I have been through my career journey with, and this is my sis, Joy. Uh, She was on the podcast last season for the Motherhood uh, podcast, which a lot of you loved. Um, So I decided to bring her back because we've literally been in this journey since the beginning. And we'll touch on that in this episode. So without going much further, let's welcome my sis, Joy. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be back on an episode with you, girlfriend. (laughs) People really love, like, one of the favorites was your episode. Oh, that's so sweet. That was, it was such a fun time having a candid convo. So I'm glad if anybody enjoyed it. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe some people, you know, feel ready to have babies and stuff now. <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> That's so funny. How has your summer been? Oh, it's been good. You know, yeah. it's been quiet. I'm mm-hmm. still like, you know, with the I mean, I guess it's not really quarantine anymore, but just like with social distancing and stuff. Um, right. But we still have made some fun little minor trips um, mm-hmm. to visit family. And so that has been good. And it's, it's just been a good summer. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. It's been an interesting summer of how to like learn how to entertain yourself without having things open. For sure. Oh my gosh. It's like, okay, how many times are we going to do the same thing? But that's fine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and things are pretty much still closed in Georgia. Like, how is it there right now? 
Yeah, well, you know, Georgia's really still pretty high on the list of of positive cases. I think Georgia, Texas, and Florida are at the top right now. Mm -hmm. So people are really Mm -hmm. loosey-goosey. So I'm really trying not to take cues from my my community, (laughs) you know, if that makes sense, because, like, it's really still like not a good situation here. Yeah. Um, but there are things like there are a lot of things that are open again. So right. Right. just observe. Cool. Well, I'm so happy that you're on this episode because I knew that when I wanted to talk about this topic in particular um, of career and, you know, choices and all that stuff, I wanted to have you on it because we have literally been through this career together at the same pace (laughs) yeah for sure um I remember when we met in so Joy also is an audiologist as I've probably mentioned before um and we met in orientation day of grad school and um since then it was kind of just like attached at the hip (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) pretty much we like lived together Mm -hmm. we spent every weekend together almost Mm -hmm. and it was just like listen you're my sister and we end this thing yeah oh my gosh what a blessing right girl that was like divine that was divine intervention, like for sure no doubt and the icing on the cake was that we were asked to do our graduation speech for the class. Yeah. Um, and that was just so fun to kind of like have that last like ribbon on the package of our grad program. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm, um, totally. Doing that together and just, you know, having such a fun time with that. So it's only fair and only obvious that I have you on here with me for this episode. Well, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to start off with talking about um, audiology because a lot of people, I don't know if you felt the same way, but when I told people that I want to be an audiologist, they were like, oh, a what? A who? Yeah, um, totally. Was that the same for you? Yeah, but I would say half that response, but half just like, okay, but you know that they have no idea what it is. Right, right. So like pretty much since I started that program and even like up till now, I'll usually like give just a very brief description right behind it because Mm -hmm. I don't even want you pretending like you know what it is and have no idea. Right. I've had people say like, so you work with, um, you work with like, music like yeah audio, <laughs> right right and it's like I mean I understand where you're coming right. from but no no exactly <laughs> <laughs> not at all um so to give the people some kind of background on what we do as audiologists um what is that tagline that you tell people after you say I'm an audiologist I put it as simply as I can and I just say I work with people um, doing hearing tests, fitting hearing aids, um, also doing vestibular assessments and things in that realm. And then they're like vestibular? What is that? Oh, sorry. Actually, I don't say vestibular. (laughs) I say balance assessments and things like that. (laughs) I feel like our preceptors would be like, no, you can't say vestibular. (laughs) 
You can I know. Oh, oh, they would totally say that. <laughs> and it's true. It's true. Yeah, I totally don't. I don't say the word vestibular because right. that's another thing. People have no idea what that is. Right, right. No, I, I agree. Um, yeah. What do you say? Um, I say... Okay, when I answer these questions, I'm very like, I go into this weird like interview mode. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of like they say, what is that? And I say, well, I'm a healthcare specialist that, or no, not a healthcare. (laughs) Bigging ourselves up, boy. I I say, um, well, I'm a doctor that specializes in hearing and balance issues. Kind of like if you have an eye doctor. I'm a doctor for the ears. And they're like, oh, oh, I get it. That's a perfect analogy, though. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do your days, um, what what are your day-to-day responsibilities at an, as an audiologist? Because there can be many different roles that we can play. Right. There, there is a wide variety of settings that audiologists can work in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say majority of audiologists do have a good hand in assessing hearing at, mm-hmm. at the bare minimum, mm-hmm. um, whether that's in an educational audiology setting, which means working in a school system, mm-hmm. whether that's in the ear, nose and throat clinic setting, which is probably where more than 50% of audiologists work alongside an ear, nose and throat physician or group um, providing hearing tests before a patient would see the ear, nose, and throat doctor. Um, We also have a a good sector in the VA, Veterans Administration, I believe, um, which is servicing the the vet population of of the U.S., um, those who have been exposed to damage on their hearing and, and are entitled to help um, for for those, you know, um, losses incurred in their military time. Um, Another sector would be outpatient rehabilitation, which is kind of where I am, Mm -hmm. which maybe you would work alongside some speech therapist or other therapist, um, just kind of not necessarily in a hospital setting, but just in like a general clinic setting. And then, of course, hospital audiologists, which would be in a hospital setting. I think that that's probably a smaller sector, Mm -hmm. um, but that is a thing. And help me out. What else are there? Um, There's like private practice. Mm -hmm. So people can have their own practice and um, do, you know, audiology, how they see fit in their own practice. Um, You covered a lot. Academic setting. Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, teaching um, newer audiologists and being more involved in like the research of audiology Um, in an academic setting. You may see more like complex patients because there is that teaching component to it. Um, So there's there is that. And then, yeah, that pediatric setting um, yes dedicated to pediatric yeah yeah just dedicated to pediatric so for me what I do is um, I'm in an academic setting Um, so I am a preceptor which is basically like a supervisor for um, budding audiologists who are in their programs um, right now and I specialize in balance disorders and in tinnitus, which is like that annoying ringing in the ears, um, I can see 
patients of all ages in regards to testing their hearing. But when it comes to treating the the hearing loss and things like that, I'm I work only with adults. Got it. Um, and you're more pediatric. Correct. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. So, so you, I work. You do something cool with the newborn hearing screening. Well, I guess you could say that mm-hmm. um, it kind of just fell in my lap. Um, I, I didn't really realize it was part of the job when I applied, but yeah. <laughs> technically I oversee a newborn hearing screening program at my hospital where I work, where, where, where I'm affiliated with. And so that just entails um, making sure that the hearing screening technicians are trained, making sure that we're Uh, keeping up to date with our protocols, our equipment, our calibration, and just bottom line, making sure that all the babies get screened before Mm -hmm. they leave the hospital. And um, basically simplified, all babies before they um, leave the hospital need to have a hearing test just to ensure, hey, are both ears working, you know, and we call it early identification, um, you know, if there is an issue. So I will see the babies who did not pass their newborn hearing screening before leaving the hospital on a separate day and then kind of teeter out. Oh, was it just a fluke? Was it fluid in the ears? Was it that, you know, the screener didn't get a good test for one reason or another? Was it, is it a true hearing loss? Is it a hearing loss in both ears? You know, et cetera. Right. Um, Yeah, and that's like, you know, when it comes to kids, because I used to test a lot of kids when I was in Connecticut, and, you know, it's, it's like heavy stuff, because sometimes you're diagnosing and telling a parent that this child is hard of hearing or deaf, Mm -hmm. and it's not easy, it's never the same between patients, um, between their parents, it's really gauging, you know, how to deliver this news to to patients and their parents. Absolutely. I mean, it for me, it, it really can be an emotionally charged, mm-hmm. um, you know, experience sharing certain news. My favorite news to share is, oh, we got great hearing results on both right. ears. You know, I love to be able to say that for multiple. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, I also do feel like, okay, I have to, if I have bad news to deliver, I need to keep my composure, say it in a professional way that's easily understood mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, the parents do understand what's, what's going on and the magnitude, yeah. um, but, you know, keep it, keep it, keep it composed. I mean, literally late, like one time recently, I, I felt the mom started breaking down in tears. Mm. And let, I mean, preface it by this. By the time we come to that diagnosis point, a parent already has had at least one or two red flags to know, hey, something may be off. Right. So it's not like, you know, they came out the womb and we're telling them right away. Right. It happens that they've had at least one or two screenings that they did not pass. And then they come for one or two appointments with myself or another audiologist, you know, before they get a diagnosis. So it's not all at once but when you get that confirmation like oh something Mm -hmm. isn't right Mm -hmm. you know the the tears can start to flow Mm -hmm. and little old me don't know what in the world happened I started feeling myself choking up and it's like oh no joy Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. do not (laughs) do not that is not professional and so I I just caught myself very quickly and 
you know, I was able to get through it with her and try to, right. you know, cause it's like, imagine you, you're at the doctor, he's telling you, you have cancer. And then I know hearing loss and cancer are totally not the same course, thing, but just for example, and he's breaking down in tears. Right. Like, Whoa. <laughs> I don't think this is good. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like I would stop crying. Like, are you okay? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, are exactly. you fine? Right. Like, it will be okay. Right. You know? Um, and it's interesting being in the healthcare field and seeing this because then it kind of gives us like this perspective, you know, when we are having children and stuff like that, that you know, we if we diagnose someone with hearing loss, we know that there is a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of puts things into perspective for us. Like, you know, we enter into um, parenthood or even as ourselves, when doctors tell us something in confidence, mm-hmm. it kind of opens my eyes like I can trust what you're saying because I've been on your side before. Right. Mm-hmm. Delivering I mean? some weighty news or. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Totally. Um, so what made you choose audiology? So I, I kind of knew that I wanted to be in healthcare from probably at least high school. I just, um, kind of figured and and knew enough to know that there's some good career stability in healthcare generally. Um, you know, it's an uh, honorable and healthcare is very broad, obviously. Um, but you know, like you get compensated well-ish. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, let, let me figure out my niche within this broad spectrum of healthcare. Right. So um, I kind of was, I, I definitely was an undeclared major um, starting college, mm-hmm. but taking an allied health course, kind okay. of, you know, like what are the prereqs, like doing A&P, mm-hmm. doing an intro to allied health course, doing, you know, whatever kind of sciencey track. Yeah. So the intro to allied health course that I took, it was, it was eye-opening. They gave some exposure to um, the field of nursing, to speech pathology, to mm-hmm. occupational therapy, mm-hmm. to, um, you know, physicians, et cetera. And so really after hearing some of those professionals speak and seeing the stats on those jobs, even if I thought like, oh, this could work, it was like, oh, no. Or even merely doing a day of observation with one of those professionals. I mean, for example, I went to do a day of um, observation with an occupational therapist in a hospital. Mm -hmm. And with five minutes of being on the floors, I was seeing a very large woman who was elderly, Mm -hmm. but naked in a shower. And I said, oh, no, this is not for me. But really, you know, an occupational therapist, their job is to rehabilitate someone so that they can do their activities of daily life, you know, and that includes showering. Yeah. So it's like, okay, wake up call, not for me. Right. (laughs) Right. No. So that's kind of my journey. Okay. So then like take it to audiology. I kind of was like, hmm, speech therapy is kind of a cool thing. Doesn't seem like you'll see naked butts. Yeah. Uh, It's good work. (laughs) And um, unfortunately, my undergraduate program did not have the full speech therapy program. Mm. So I transferred to another university um, like that would accept all my credits that did have that program. Right. 
while in the program, and this is the experience of many um, in our field, but while I was in the program, I discovered audiology because speech therapy and audiology are sister professions, as I would call it. Yeah, for sure. Work alongside speech therapists, kind of, and, you know, um, we have to ensure that hearing is normal before a speech therapist can work on, um, you know, language and tactics of improving speech. So learning about the field of audiology in college, it was like, oh, I like this. Yeah, I like the idea of not seeing the same patient every week. I like the idea of working with patients one-on-one. I like the idea of getting a doctorate. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so some of those things really appealed to me. um, And that's kind of how I decided to pursue my graduate work in audiology compared to speech pathology. Yeah. And as you said, a lot of people went that route of, they thought that they were going to do speech. And then it's like this one course, cause I didn't do communication. Um, what's it called? Communication. Communication sciences and disorders. Yeah. I never did that um, um, degree, but I heard that in anyone that did it, from audiology they kind of had that one class and was just like oh I'm hopping on over right Um, right what was it for you well for me it was I always wanted to be in healthcare um kind of like the same reasonings for you I always said I wanted to be a pediatrician because I liked working with kids um but then during university like Honestly, I was just like, I don't want to be in school for the for like so many no. more years, just being right. really honest. Um, but I still want to be in healthcare and I still want to be able to work with kids if the opportunity presents itself. Um, so I did a lot of career counseling. And, mm. you know, if anyone has access to a career counselor, like use that if you're wondering what you want to do, because I definitely used a career counselor and we met a few times talked about my personality did some Mm -hmm. tests we um looked at what careers would align best with who I am as a person Mm -hmm. and that came up the first thing actually was like a fisherman and I was like "Mm." what (laughs) I know (laughs) girl no like a fisherman no I'm not gonna be a fisherman Mm-mm. so um who knows maybe I shouldn't be an audiologist then if- <laughs> right maybe you missed your calling you missed your boat <laughs> so um so yeah so audiology came up I had a lot of like ear infections when I was younger I had the tubes and all that stuff so Mm-mm. I was like huh like i I have experience with audiology and then I have a family friend who's an audiologist. I reached out to him, shadowed him a little bit. And I was like, this could be it. This could be mm-hmm. it. So I mm-hmm. just kind of committed to it. Actually, I was between audiology and optometry. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and it's so hard when you're at a crossroads and you're just kind of like, am I, I, I literally don't know what to commit to because a commitment to a career is money. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Like it's not like mm, don't spend ten dollars for audiology or ten dollars for optometry. No. It's like, no. do I want to spend tens of thousands of dollars for audiology or tens of thousands of dollars for optometry? Correct. Um, and it's 
it's one of those decisions in life where you're just like, this literally is going to affect the trajectory of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that being said, sometimes I wonder, and, you know, I look at people who have been in their career and then they kind of feel this like pull to change that trajectory again and to kind of go like a different path and, and leave their career altogether. Um, what are your thoughts on that? So like, say you're an audiologist as we are, and then it's kind of just like, mm, I don't know if I want to do this for the rest of my life. Um, right. How do you, what do you feel about like people who approach that or, you know, have you ever thought of that? Um yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I guess I should give background to say that both of my parents are actually are they they're they they ended their profession in a different place where they started. Oh, and so in certain ways that gives me some courage. Now, not not completely unrelated, but it is a career switch. My mom started as a history major, not sure what she was planning to do with it, but she kind of ended up in a guidance counselor role, Mm -hmm. um, like in higher ed and then also in like elementary. So just kind of across the board, but now she's in pastoral care, which is chaplaincy. My dad began um, kind of like science track Mm -hmm. um, but kind of got like a master's of science Mm -hmm. um, was teaching but then pursued medicine and became a doctor Um, and you know other family members who have kind of done the same thing where it's like okay and I'm not talking even like oh you know 25 years old I switched careers it's Mm -hmm. like no they you know we're in their 30s my mom already was in her 40s, if not 50s, pursuing her Masters of Divinity to, you know, do the chaplaincy route. Wow. So with that being said, it, like I said, it does give me some courage to know that, hey, where you start does not have to be where you end. Right. Um, but there are a lot of logistics that need to be considered. And the biggest logistic in my life right now is finances. Right. Like, right. I mean, time aside, you know, time is a huge investment, but like for me um, and many U.S. citizens and probably people, well, probably not as, min- as much around the world, U.S. has it really bad, but yeah. have a tremendous amount of student loan debt. Yeah. So for me to even think about incurring an additional 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 plus thousand dollars of loans yeah. just doesn't feel very wise right now. Right. And I know like that shouldn't be the dictating factor for everything, mm-hmm. but it does have to be a consideration for some things, yeah. especially having a family and like, okay, I have a child now. I probably should put a couple pennies away for his education. Right. Right. Can I even do that before I pay off this mountain of debt, you know, that I've incurred? Like, what? What are we doing? Right, right. right. And that's that's such a good point and it's also a unfortunate point it's unfortunate that we have to really consider something like finances when we are thinking about doing a career that we feel maybe a little bit more like exciting or interesting you know what I mean totally Um, and it's just like an unfortunate thing because I think it's very real and I totally agree that you know, starting a new career 
because obviously I don't know maybe it doesn't cross people's minds but like I love what I do I enjoy what I do but obviously mm-hmm. it crosses your mind like huh like I wonder huh you know you hear about people yeah. that like quit and now they're like event planners or right or, right know, realtors yeah yeah and I'm just like I wonder if I'd be good at that but then it's just like man I invested so much into this my family invested so much into mm-hmm. this and yeah. it's just like have I paid my dues Right. I mean, in your own mind, in your own imagination, if there were a profession or field, whether it's lucrative or not, and you could say, oh, if I can make $100,000 doing this, no question, I'd do it. What would that be? You know, I think, I think I I used to say like a few years ago, I would say like event planning, because I thought that was like really fun and stuff. But I realized like, events could make me stressed out sometimes Mm -hmm. I think currently if someone said like you can quit and I'll pay you what or it doesn't even matter like you can everything is covered whatever I think I would Mm -hmm. be a personal trainer oh that'd be awesome Mm -hmm. you would you would do so well with that I would totally want to take you on as like I'm (laughs) take you on you to take me on as a client (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm just like, man, and I've said this for a few years, like, I want to get, like, a certification or something like that, Um, but I think that that's something that I would want to do. How about you? Um, I would say I would probably enjoy being a librarian. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Okay. I really and uh, no shade to librarians I actually don't even know entirely what goes on in their day-to-day but in my mind it would include a lot of putting books back you know doing reservations on book holds and making sure a few little kitty programs were available throughout the week yeah it's like just simple simple things and if I don't make it to work it's not the end of the world there's another librarian there right that's what I like you know what I think would be cool is you know, we have our degrees, people have their degrees or diplomas, certifications, things like that. I think that it would be cool if people explored more of like, taking a break of your career and doing Mm -hmm. something kind of like what I was saying, like, if I build up on personal training and kind of, and obviously logistics is huge. But like, if you could say, you know what, for the next six months, I'm going to be a librarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You yeah. Know. What would that be? Yeah. Right. Like, I'm thinking mm-hmm. for myself, like, why don't I just be like an Orange Theory coach for like a oh, little bit? And yeah. Then just jump right back into audiology and like stay on top of my continuing, continuing ed mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think that sometimes we just get caught up in like the treadmill of uh, like work and life and routine Big time. And stuff but sometimes it's nice to have these like side hustles if mm-hmm. your time allows you know um, oh for sure you've tried different things um, yeah within the last yeah. like two years yeah I used to teach kids in China from my <laughs> spare room English yes. like 
yeah, I was, yeah, just and, trying to make an extra buck. And right. I was, I was staying at home at the time with my, my child. So, you know, any extra income was helpful. Of so, you know, like, okay, 15 hours a week, if I could pull that, you know, working from home, mm-hmm. teaching these kids virtually. Sure. And right. so it's kind of cool to be like, Hey, I did that. I did that. Honestly, I think it just is like so interesting. Like it adds some little flavor to your life. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I did that for a while. Or even like I worked part time for a while. Or yeah, you know, yeah. It's just uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's just we just get into our like nine to five and just do it over and mm-hmm. over and mm-hmm. over. Even if we like it, you know, right? Jobs become routine to some degree they do they do so like in your own mind if you were going to advise a younger sibling or a close family friend who was kind of at a juncture I don't know let's even say before they start college like what would you advise them as far as like picking a career well you already said the the professional um you know career counselor but what would you say is an important quality in picking a career Hmm. you go with passion or you go with money or you go with job outlook like what's highest on your totem pole that is a question let me think on that okay (laughs) so I would say um that okay so you have to be aware of your personality Mm-hmm. And it's tough because I feel like we are quote unquote forced to make career choices at a young age mm-hmm. um, when we may not even know our true interests. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, but taking into account your personality, thinking about what comes easy for you. For me, talking to a new person every single day comes easy for me. For other people, it makes them cringe. Right. So, you know, taking into account the personality. Um, and then with your personality, you may find um, what you're passionate about or what fuels you. Um, right. And I think that ties into your personality. Um, does it, do you get excited about learning um, new ways to think about things? Do you get excited ba- about problem solving um is there something like um you you always want to be able to determine an answer that there may not be a concrete answer for there are different professions that kind of take these roles on do you like routine you know um so thinking about your personality thinking about what you like to do that fuels you um And, you know, I have this weird thing about, like, money. And maybe I feel this way because I don't have, like, a husband and child or children. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of just, like, I am all for living a life that you can feel like I did what I enjoyed and I didn't just chase the bucks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah. um and I feel like we can get caught up in that so much so that we don't really tap into what would truly 
make me smile every day mm-hmm. as opposed to sitting at work and just getting through this because it pays a lot. And I know right. money can give you a lot and money can present open doors and things like that. Um, and experiences too. And experiences are huge, but you know, I would just be like, man, money, you don't know what could happen. And like money can just be taken from you at any mm-hmm. point. Correct. Um, yeah. So that's what I would say. How about you? Wow. There are a lot of factors in what I would like advise someone to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, honestly, I think now in my shoes, I would say, please consider the money. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, because and not just the not just the, you know, average annual salary per se, mm-hmm. but what's the return on your investment? Mm-hmm. If, for example, if you go to a private school and you incur one hundred thousand dollars of student loan debt mm-hmm. and your average annual salary is less than mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I mean, this is just ballpark less than 60 or 70. Mm-hmm. how long is it going to take you to come tr- to pay back your loans and still yeah. live in a comfortable way yeah um, so that's a consideration for sure at this juncture in my life but also matching your desired lifestyle with your profession mm, there are, I like that. yeah but it's so weird because it's like you can plan like you know, let's say, for example, a woman could say, well, really, I would like to have a child and I would like to get married. And, you know, so I want to be available. So I'm going to pick the education route so that I could be a teacher and, you know, I could get off work when my kid gets off. Yeah. But what if it happened that you end up having children for one reason or another? Right. It's like, oh, dear, should I plan around, you know, that so strictly? Right. Or maybe you should just leave room for it to say, well, you know, this, this does match my personality. It would match what I want out of life. I mean, there are some professions, let's say, for example, probably OBGYNs, you're almost always on call yeah. or you, know, you have unfavorable hours. You have to work some holidays, things like that. Right. Does that match with what you want out of your lifestyle? Right. If it does, cool. If it does not, strongly consider that. Right. Um, and it, it's it's interesting that you say that example because I did play that in my mind when I was like "Mm, man I don't want to like go through med school and stuff because I won't have time to like go on dates and stuff (laughs) but at the same time it's like well it's not like I've been dating every weekend right exactly exactly it's like one of those things where I like how you said make room Mm -hmm. um you know if you do have a vision for your life because another thing too our life is not our career right right oh yeah so I think that you make an excellent point in saying that when you're thinking about a career think about your life and don't think of your career as your life but Mm -hmm. think about how do I how do I envision my life how do I um want to have that work-life balance you know how do I want my my work to kind of just slide into my life as I envision it and I think once you have an idea of that then it's you're better able to select um, a career that can go into that do you know what I mean 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, like different things in healthcare that somebody needs to consider is that when you're at work, for the most part, your time is not your own. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the benefit is with a lot of healthcare jobs, when you leave, when you leave your job, you kind of leave, you leave the charting behind for the most part, you yeah. leave the stress behind, yeah. as opposed to like an office job or a business job, yeah. or, you know, a managerial or, you know, things yeah. like that. You don't, you kind of are always like checking your phone, like, oh, emails, did they come through? Did my boss email? Did this potential client respond? You know, so like never, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's what do you want your life to look like is a a really good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Right. You want it to be consumed by your job and that's okay if you feel that way. It is. If if you feel that way, then that's fine. Pursue that. But if you don't feel that way, thinking about, jobs and opportunities that can kind of um you know fit that lifestyle that you're thinking about totally totally Um, I mean mm -hmm. I have a friend and she's like we were we've been friends for many years now Mm -hmm. and she actually graduated medical school um so clearly very bright very bright girl yeah woman now and um she had a child she's married and she had a child and she decided she was already in her residency had gotten accepted into a residency which is obviously also a big deal Mm -hmm. but decided that she wanted to quit yeah and spend the time with her child and just devote be available to her child for I don't know how many years that's the plan and it might be indefinite but it's like you know what that's a very brave decision right and some people may not agree with it and they you know but it's like exactly what you said answering the question what do I want for my life yes exactly and And this is what she wants and needs yeah and you can't fault anyone for how they you know choose to live their life Um, absolutely you know and the same goes for like some people that want to take time off and travel some yeah. people look at them like, what? Why would you do that? But it's just right. their choice. Um, Absolutely. And how they want to live in the fullest of their life here. Right, um, right. So I think that, you know, it's even as we're discussing it, you know, I'm even thinking in my mind about these points. And it's just like, it's always nice to kind of take inventory of where you are. Um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of like making sure that, you know, logistics considered that taking the time to just live life as you see fullest, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Totally, totally. Um, I mean, I think, and there's like a balance too, that I would advise my son at this point, you know, when he's of age to, to put it in perspective, to be like, you know what, a job is a job. And Mm -hmm. so even if you pick something that you are quote unquote passionate about or Mm -hmm. that you're good at or that you know pays the bills well or whatever Mm -hmm. there's always going to be a component of it that is work Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. whether it's you know your boss saying we need the numbers the productivity needs to be higher or your boss saying we need to bring in more revenue with these hearing aid sales or your boss saying you need to see more patients an hour or whatever it is there is going to be a component that is work that is not desirable right so your mind from now to know Mm -hmm. that just because there are components of a field or or a job that are not favorable it doesn't mean you have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. right 
totally agree totally yeah. agree um well this has been very very enlightening for me um, yeah this me conversation too. as we wrap up I just want to ask on a I guess a gratitude tip what makes you happy for choosing audiology say it again Michelle sorry I said what makes you happy about choosing audiology okay um what makes me happiest in choosing audiology are those one-on-one interactions that I have with patients. Not every patient interaction makes me happy. I would say most make me feel neutral at best, but there are some where if I am able to connect with a parent and deliver news um, that is good or bad, Mm -hmm. and it helps empower the parent to know what's best to do next Mm -hmm. that makes me feel good so I guess the gratification in that yeah Um, and then also like especially in this climate where we are right now I do enjoy connecting with my black patients yes Um, yes I, I enjoy them seeing their children or their grandchildren in me and feeling some sort of pride um, because a lot of a lot of our people haven't necessarily, they're not in these roles all the time. And for them to a feel comfortable with me to know like, Hey, I wear a wig. Is she going to be freaking out that I wear a wig? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Nope. You I'm going to shift it right to the back. Exactly. I'm going to put it right back where it needs to be. Don't worry exactly. about it. You know, just simple things like that, where maybe if somebody doesn't feel as self-conscious or they feel a little more comfortable, right. <sighs> I feel happy in that. Right. So yeah, for my people. Yes. <laughs> what about you? Um. I agree with the one-on-one interaction. I love building rapport with people. I love having conversation with people and kind of like breaking the ice. Um, Even when patients come in and I could tell they're a little bit like hard or rough on the edges, I like Mm -hmm. to kind of, you know, break the ice a little bit. So that's fun for me. Um, And I also like the ability to have a work-life balance in audiology. I like that when I come home that I'm home like I'm not bringing reports home um I have my weekends I have my evenings Mm -hmm. Um, holidays yes holidays Mm -hmm. you know so it's really good for me in terms of how I envision my life in regards to work-life balance um so I'm happy I'm happy that you know we met each other from day one. Oh my and gosh, yes. It's nice having a friend that, you know, and we do this all the time. We just send like a long text or a voice note on a patient we had. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of like bouncing ideas or just yeah. kind of venting. Yeah. Um, and that's a beautiful blessing that we have in each other. So I'm just really happy that I chose audiology for that reason too. Because it led me yeah. to Oh, thank the <laughs> Lord Almighty. <laughs> I do think about it sometimes, Lachelle, on the ending notes, be like, yo, if I could do it again, would I do it again? And really one of the biggest weighing factors is if I had not taken that path, as far as choosing that school, that profession, I would have met my best friend and my husband so you know okay it's it's you know it's it's high up there I'm happy that that we that it happened the way it did yes (laughs) yes 
totally agree. Um, Well, thank you again for joining me for this conversation. I think that it was awesome. And I'll be my pleasure. Awesome. (laughs) And we shall talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks again. No problem. Bye. Bye. Well, that was a good episode. (laughs) I feel like I'm all in my thoughts about my career choice. um, If I want to take a break, if I want to do some side hustles, things like that to kind of add some flavor and some zest to my life. Um, I'm pretty happy with the choices I've made, but it's always nice to kind of take inventory and to see, you know, what do I truly want for my life? What do I truly want to accomplish in my life? Even if it's outside of the primary uh, job or career that I've chosen, what is that vision? And I think that's what I take away from this episode of understanding how you want your life to look and choosing um, that career or that path that aligns with that Um, and feeling secure in that choice too. I think that a lot of times we worry about what our family will say, what our friends will say, Um, but I think tapping into, you know, what would give us the, the, most joy, the most fulfillment, and would allow us to feel like I am living my life in a way where I can look back and say, I did the thing, you know? Um, So obviously, you know, we talked about considerations and logistics and things like that, but it's always nice to have these kind of self-reflection moments uh, so that you can know where you want to go. So I'm so happy that Joy was able to join me with this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it too. Um, As usual, let me know your thoughts. Send me a text, DM, comment. Um, I'm always happy and welcoming to your feedback. So I appreciate that. If you're not following the Instagram page, it is at mycuriouslife underscore podcast follow the page there give a like also you can subscribe to this podcast on spotify apple podcasts it's on google podcasts um, various platforms so feel free to follow subscribe rate review all that stuff Um, anyways so happy that we could do this another week I hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.